week's voice party is brought to you by IOPvideo.com. We're all stuck inside and content is king right now. So if you want to create some content, have some video shot, advertise your small business, start a podcast, whatever, check out IOPvideo.com. We do it all and we will do it all for you. IOPvideo.com. We make things look pretty. All right, welcome to the voice party, Chris Riggins. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm just chilling out here in Tahoe with the family uh, at this huge cabin. That's what's up. You know, it's it's dope. I mean, we're just out here doing what what families do and shit. Uh, Are you... you, uh... So I man, how you been holding up with everything going on, bro? What's what's it's a long time. First of all, it's a long time since I've seen you. It's a long time since I talked to you, man. So thank you for doing this. You hosted oh, gee, man. No, I mean, you hosted good, the man. first comedy show that I kind of put together on my own with uh with Johan back in the Burnt Ramen. I don't know if you remember that. Oh yeah. I'm the rich. I'm the rich. How can you you don't forget something like burnt <laughs> it, look, it, it looks like For better or worse. Don't forget that. Oh mm-hmm. man, don't uh, forget that. You, you, honestly, like I'm gonna tell you, man. You're one of those, um, like you know, I, I have, I, I mean, what since that was like what 2012, 2011, um, and. A lot of my peers that yeah. I, you know, I, I've seen. You're one of those cats. I've never seen bomb on stage, dude. Cold. Oh, <laughs> no, I know, but nice yeah, day. I've seen you a lot, and I've never seen you bomb on stage, bro. Like that's that's a that's a I just, that's a huge thing for me to to be able to say. I, like you and Butch are some of those, and there's a couple other I can mention, but like I, I just you know I I want to say that like I I I admire you as a comic, man. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. It feels good to be admired. By <laughs> Somebody admire me. Well, uh, you know, I can, I can tell. Him yeah, put him on the phone. Let me tell him. I'm just. <laughs> hey, I gotta ask you, man. How how are you been uh, uh, coping with the co- with the COVID situation? Uh, uh sorry. I'm gonna my phone and good. find a long enough cord where I can stand outside and smoke weed too. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, doing, doing all right with COVID. Yeah, you know, I, I just kind of like you know been been cautious. Yeah, paying attention to what I do, how I do, where I do it. Um, you know, trying the best I can, but not allowing it to, you know, alter, you know, my whole way of existing. And it, it, you said you you've been trying to stay where you don't alter your whole way of existing. Yeah, just just trying to you know maintain a. a a civil sense of mind so that way I don't allow the, the panic of the pandemic to overtake my rational thought. Which is very easy to do lately. <laughs> you yes. with a heavy over easy, over easy to do. Because um, you, you've made some changes, man, since like uh like you you you're looking healthier. You 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 lost yeah. some weight. Like what what what's been going on with with Mr. Chris Riggins, man? Uh well I've been uh, I've been clean from cocaine and alcohol for a year over a year Congratulations. now. Congratulations. Um started working Congrats. out, eating better, just you know, just doing things that just little things, not even making big drastic changes, just doing the the in my opinion the least I could do to to affect my physical health and everything. And yeah, I mean I've lost a lot of weight. Um now in the process of trying to find clothes that fit wow. the other way, um, which is crazy. So. You know, that's that's living the dream. Hell yeah, that's man. Uh, that's uh, that's not an easy thing to do, man. I, I know I've seen it firsthand with like homies. Like cocaine is not a you kind of got a cold turkey it or whatever, but it's it's a it's a motherfucker to beat. And I know in, in the comedy world, that's like that's the things you hear about it like a lot, you know, because whatever it is, it is what it is. Just like musicians. Um, but speaking of yeah. musicians, dude, you, you started, uh, so one of my homeboys told me, I used to work with this guy, um, and he, he had a group called Alphabet Soup and he told me, oh, you do comedy? One of my old homies did comedy. He started off with us. You used to play in Alphabet Soup, huh? Yeah, I was, uh, I was one of the, 
one of the second rappers, the third one of the third rappers to join the group. Um, after CB actually took a break from the group. No, no, I'm sorry, not CB. Uh, my, Mike, Michael Blake. Yeah, Mike Blake took a break from the group, and, and so I stepped in to, to to try to fill the shoes as best as I could. Um, yeah, and yeah, basically, I start I start rhyme I started rapping with the band when I was like 16. Wow, with this group called Mingus Amongus. What was it? And you know the same. Circle. What was the name of the group? Mingus Among Mingus Among Us. What does that mean? Just a curiosity. Well, basically, it was a it was a band that kind of took its musical inspiration from the jazz music musician Charles Mingus. Oh yeah. Okay. So you know, it was you know taking his music and modernizing it with a new jazz twist, and then one of the things they did was they put a lot of hip hop into those songs. So they would you know, that's where I would step in. Oh, uh, I, I didn't know. I didn't know that. I just knew you were uh, part of that group because me and me and uh, CB are homeboys, man. I've been trying to get him on here for a while. Um, and oh, yeah. there's 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 a, a like I'm be honest, man. Like you, the one of the reasons I wanted to have you on. I I don't think I've known someone in my with comedy or friends that's been that's been in Facebook jail more than more than I don't know how many times like I, I one of the reasons like I wanted to have you on is man like I wanted you um, to come on here and like you know what, what's what's uh I want to hear your your I haven't really been on on Facebook as much and that's usually where I, I see that you you know because you touch on current events in a way that's it seems like it's coming from a well thought out anger, and I just want to know, like, on like, what are your thoughts on like the current situation with like, you know, the the, the one of them, the George Floyd, and then uh, also, you know, everything else has been happening since then. Hello. Yep. Hello. Yep. Hey, sorry about that. It's all good. Yeah, can you hear me? Hello. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if you heard the question. I just want to know what, what, what's, what are your thoughts on on everything that's been going on right now, man? Like, um, you know, because I know you're one of those that is very vocal on stuff like on, on a lot of these things that happen, and I know you. I don't know what the situation, but I see you've been on Facebook jail a couple of times. So, like, I just want to know, like, you know, what, what's your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are, uh, it's, it's a start to a change. I mean, sometimes, you know, it's, as they say, you know, you gotta yeah. break a few eggs to make an omelet. So, you know, it's, it's one of the situations, the change isn't going to be easy. That's the thing we've been fighting for the longest is the change will not be easy. It will not be easy to switch your life from living how you remember it being taught to you to a new way where you're forced to right. figure it out for yourself. You're not able to hide behind boys will be boys and and I'm not racist. You won't be able to hide behind that. You have to choose a side. And right now everybody's has to, is just trying to figure out which side do they want to be on. Do you want to be on the side that's gonna be remembered as the righteous side? Or you can be on the side that's gonna be laughed at two hundred years from now the same way the Confederacy should be laughed at. That's man, do you do you think because of also right now that you know I mean, things like certain distractions aren't around, like sports or whatever. That That's very true. There's nothing for people to be distracted by. There's no sports going on. People have been in the house for months. It's just really, it's a powder keg. Yeah, because I don't think it, I, don't, I mean, I think <laughs> if we weren't on lockdown and, and sports were going on and everything was whatever, um, I don't think I think we would have not been talking about like the George Floyd after two weeks or so, man. Yeah. Well, no, because people would have been able to change the channel. That's what agreed. The channel like that's why people got so mad at Colin Kaepernick. It was like I changed to this channel to not have to hear that shit, and now I'm hearing it here, so I don't like it. Meanwhile, they don't realize that the people that are affected by that have to hear that shit all the time. They have to deal with it everywhere they go. So yeah, definitely, I think you know. The lack of distraction is is definitely key to what's happening now. It's and it's good. So okay, we were distracted. 
I, I, I got to ask your thoughts on that because I know you perform with him a lot um, and you have performed with it with, with Dave Chappelle, man. I, uh, what, what, what did uh, you think about when you saw 846 or have you seen it? I have not seen 846 yet. I have actually been kind of like quarantining really? myself from anything, really. Um, I'm probably going to watch it some point tonight um, or some point this week. I just, you know, I'm one of those people like to. I like to watch things after everybody's digested it and already regurgitated their their ideals on it, so I can watch it without the hype, that that pressure of, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just yeah. kind of like okay. No, I, I get that. It. I I I do that with with like a lot of uh like I watched Breaking Bad <laughs> like two three years after it ended just so I could get, really see if it really was good, you know, and it's not just the hype. Um, it it was it was yeah it was a good show. Uh, um. I, I mean, I, I recommend it if you're into that kind of thing, but like, um, one of the things that, uh, some, some I've heard, like, for example, the 846 that just came out, some people say that it wasn't funny. And I think that's exactly, I mean, I, I don't want to give too much of it away, but, um, I think, I think it's exactly what people wanted to hear or they needed to hear at the, at the right time. Um, uh, you know, I, I, it brings the, to the next question, man. Like, have you been doing stand up, any kind of stand up at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Been, I've been oh, yeah. Heavy okay. on the Zoom shows. What, what? I've been heavy, heavy on the Zoom shows because it's just, you know, it's, it's practice. Do you practice. think the Zoom shows are going to stick around after this shit is all over, man? <laughs> uh, they, they're going to have to because, you know, not everybody's as easy yeah. to get back out the streets as some people. You know, some people are like, yo, I need to get back in the streets ASAP. And some people are like, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, the streets gonna be yeah the open mics are going to be still packed. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so you you um, you did mention that you, you you did perform with the CB. Uh, you still Are you still doing music now? I know you were doing music uh, consistently, right? Yeah, I did. A, I actually just recorded an album. It's a oh, music shoot. comedy album. I had a. I have a band that I had backing me, and basically, you know, I just did kind of like a tribute to Tribe Called Quest, as well as you know, just comedy. You know, telling jokes over music and stuff. What like do you that, prefer you know? to do more, man? Like I know, I mean, if you if you could only do one of them, <laughs> comedy. Oh, comedy all day. Uh, that you know, I love making making music, but my heart's not in it as much as it's in comedy because. You know, music, you know, I, I appreciate musicians or rappers especially because, you know, they're able to put their thoughts into rhyme sequences, yeah. yep. which is dope because for me, I, I just can't put it into the rhyme sequence. I mean, I can. I'm not going to say that. I can put my thoughts in a rhyme sequence. It's just a lot easier to say it without having to worry about this. Also, matching but, those words, but it, it, the rhythm. Yeah, too, I guess I, guess I see what you mean because, like, with comedy, I mean, you riff a lot. And it, it's like, have you ever yeah. done something where you kind of, I've never seen you perform. I've never seen you do the music. So uh, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is like, cause you know, some guys on stage, like you, you're not one of these guys, but some guys on stage, like they, they'll, it seems like an act they're doing and it's not themselves. Cause they're totally different than what they're doing. You're the same person, mm-hmm. you know, I'm from my experience as you are off stage. And I appreciate that sometimes a little yeah. bit more, but is it is it different with music where you kind of have to put on this persona? Yeah, you know, some people, It's I think it's just a matter of people's okay. level of security with themselves. Um, I know a lot of performers who are just really shy, introverted people, but they have to put on this character to go on stage. It's not that the character's not them, it's just a different part of them that they don't show right. outside of the stage. Then you do have those who, you know, they 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 per, per, uh, per, perpetuate a character where they feel this is what's funny for comedy. This is what this audience likes. So I'm going to perpetuate that. I'm just going to focus on that. I'm just going to do that. Then you have your niche comics who really just find their group of people and they they deal with them. Like the um, Carlos you know, Mencias. So it's, it's really yeah. one. Yeah. You know, it's it's because there's so many ways to do it. But, yeah, I think definitely there's a difference between the hip hop where. You know, I know rappers who are not anything like they rap about. But then there's also the difference between storyteller rappers who rap about maybe violent, you know, stuff and 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 all these things. But in reality, they're just reporting right. what or they're hurt. seeing. 
you know, and then you have those who fake the funk, who act talk about they've killed people and all this stuff. They've never even done anything. And then you got those rappers who do and have done that stuff. <laughs> it's so, a wide range. You know, it's just all about right. the security. It's a wide range. Because, like, I remember back in the day when, when, when hip-hop artists were criminals, but their their record label persona was this, you know, clean-cut kid yeah. that just rapped, you know? was that their persona was that of, you know, just the boy next door that raps. Fat boys. You know? But in reality, this dude is actually pulling robberies because his advance check is not that much, or he's actually wow. really selling drugs. But he'll never tell you in his music because he doesn't want to snitch. And B, you know, the company thinks black men... I've heard of that. Exactly what you're saying. Even though someone, someone out of Oakland, you know? And um, I'm not going to say the name, but like it, it's, it's crazy when I heard a lot of stories like about exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And um what I, what I I'm yeah, okay, I see cuz you know what we interview a lot of musicians and we just interviewed someone uh, a hip hop performer recently and then a uh, rapper and then it, we kind of cuz it's for me like you know, I I try to understand musicians and and what they do like how they feel about the performance because like everything you just said, you know, it it with comedy, you know, I mean I I, I don't most of the comics I know, they're the same on stage as they are off stage. And with music, it, I mean, it is in a way, like you said, you're, you're, it's a different side of yourself that you're showing. Like it's something that it's already, it, it is you sometimes. I mean, that may be like your realest form on stage when you're performing, as, like you said, uh, for hip hop. For you, um, what's more, what's more of like your, your influence as far as style? Like, are you more, east coast or west coast like what yeah for hip-hop um i would say growing up i was definitely more more into the east coast style just because i was more into the flow and the lyricism of of how east coast rappers did it um based on you know how they talk and how they communicate out there um and then as i got older i started to grow more of appreciation for the west coast style because i started appreciating being from the west coast more um, and I start seeing that, okay, yeah, we had our own unique thing. And then, you know, once I start really working with a lot more artists, rappers from the Bay Area, you know, and, and start just, you know, doing that, it start, I start shifting more to just yeah. now. I listen Same to here. Dope. You know, I don't even really put a region on shit anymore. I mean, now you can't even put a region on shit because everybody's <laughs> the same, but, you know. Yeah. Thanks what, to the internet. What yeah. comes to mind is like someone who you listen to a lot right now. Like what what's one of those... Uh, newest rappers that you i you know the, uh, this is a sad fact i really ain't oh, shit. No new new shit like i was i kind of find something then i'd stick with it for a while yeah. then i go back to the classics so like you know i'm not i haven't really i I'm, I'm looking for recommendations i don't know who's the hot kid in the street like every time i hear about some dude that was really dope i he and he was he got Dang. killed um, wow. Like you know, my people. I never heard of Pop Smoke, but all my boys is like, "Yo, Pop Smoke was the shit." I'm like, "Oh, I never heard of him." I'm sad that he's he's passed away now, so I can't experience more of him. But I guess I can go back and listen to him. But I haven't still because you know, yeah, then I feel like bandwagon. Then I feel like, oh, I'm gonna listen to him because he's <laughs> that, dead. That that's you know, yeah. I, I kind of kind of feel that way. When, now, I mean, I heard about him, but I never really heard his stuff. Patrice O'Neill. When he died, I heard about him after he died, and it was like, oh yeah. shit! Like I, you know, then I discovered his stuff when he was dead. Yeah, yeah. Like obviously, I I, I would use Patrice on it as my 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 hip hop and my uh, my comedy influence because definitely he has a very hip hop. Yes, delivery. that. In what way? What do you mean by that? Like, can you explain it? Because I I think you know, I know what you're talking about, but I'm not uh, sure. He he doesn't give a fuck. He's going to say what he has to say, and it's not going to sound how you want it to sound. It's going to sound how it needs to sound. And, you know, it's it's a, like, you know, I compare uh, Patrice O'Neill to, uh, I would Sean say, P. Sean P. Yeah. You know what I mean? Him and Sean P would be my, like, Sean P definitely, was definitely that, that hardcore, rugged hip-hop, you know, like, I mean... He's using words that are deemed wrong now. You know what I mean? Like he's just he's just unabashed, you know, just like he's like I interviewed Sean Price one summer at Rock the Bell. And I asked him, you know, it was the ten year anniversary of Rock the Bell, I said, in the last ten years of hip hop, what's changed the most? 
And Sean, he's like, yo, everybody want to be buddy-buddy. Everybody want to be friends and shit. Ain't no competition. You know what I mean? And you listen to his raps and how he raps. He's like, I don't want to be your friend. I didn't get into rap to make friends. I got my friends. They all rap with me. I'm here to rap, be the best rapper. Like, you know, Talib Kweli tells me, tells me about stories about every time he would see Sean P. Sean P would say to him, yo, Talib. Oh, I'm shit. Dang. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> it's aggressive. So, you know, then when I listen to Patrice Neal, I hear that same, you know, I don't care what these other comedians are doing. I don't care what this comedian talks about over there. I'm talking about what I'm talking about. And if you don't like it, you don't have to listen. Mm. Guess what? I'm going to say my shit. And I'm say it unabashedly. I'm going to say it unapologetically. I'm going to say it real. And at the end of the day, you're probably going to end up laughing at it because you're going to be like, fuck. I guess I never thought about it that way. You know, so it's just like a very similar style when it comes to... I see, okay, I see what you're saying. Dude. We, uh, what... what I of a good point man what's something that you consider hip-hop that aside like another example do you have another example of something you consider hip-hop that people wouldn't think is hip-hop nobody's gonna feel me on this everybody's gonna probably <laughs> cancel me but um to a, to an extent i would say even donald trump's oh, whole mentality shit. is hip-hop he just don't give wait a who, fuck. whose whole mentality he don't give a fuck <laughs> Donald Trump wow. mentality is, is like, okay, I'm with you there. fuck you. I don't care if you like me. I don't care. I'm going to say what I'm going to say. Yeah, I should probably not tweet, but fuck it. I'm going to tweet anyway. It's like, the problem is what he's saying is not worth yeah. it. It's, it's, it's not necessarily his words. It's his delivery. It's his way that he goes about it unabashedly. And he's just like, yo, I don't care. The I'm confidence of it. Yeah. The, the audacity. It's a, it's, you know. <laughs> Just like punk rock has the hip hop vibe because it has a very, you know, I don't give a fuck. I'm speaking up, I'm speaking out type mentality. You know, it's just so many things you can equate uh, to it. But I mean, yeah, it's it's not it's not something you want to think about. And trust me, I wouldn't run around telling I'm not gonna run around doing a, a TED talk about how <laughs> maybe you should. Respect. It might actually be the most viewed thing I mean, in TED Talk history. I could totally do You should do a whole special about it, dog. For real. Back in the nineties, rappers all had a rap about making yeah. money like Trump, trying to be the black. There was what somebody who had uh, Raekwon had the song "Black Trump." Yeah. Yo, who's a black Trump? Like he was. That's why you see so many rappers with pictures with him because you know, and and that that's like you know when people want to shit on Kanye for going. I I have to remind people that before there was the Trump we are dealing with now, there was a Trump. That was a socialite that hid all that, that could, you know, hide all that stuff behind the veneer of, you know, a rich man. I'm just rich, you know, but now that he's responsible for the yeah. whole free world, it's kind of like, you can't, like, like, you could be like, I wouldn't mind Donald Trump being like, you know, if he says things to the public that sound like things that he would say trying to appease, like, the, the board of trustees. Like, like, what, what was it recently? He was like, look, in order to get our, our uh, coronavirus testing positive numbers down, uh, we're just going to stop, stop testing. testing. <laughs> and that sounds like the type of thing that if you're trying to make your company look better, you're just going to hide <laughs> the blemishes. But it's like, dude, it's not the same. Your, your business strategies don't work everywhere, son. You, you like, know, <laughs> they don't even work. Yeah. Hey, How many know, failed businesses you had, Yelp. <laughs> That's just gonna come out and yelp eventually. Like, what? One thing out. One thing out. Matter of fact, yeah, that's what we should do. That's how we take the president. <laughs> we just yelp the fuck out the president. Hey, you know what though? <laughs> what you deep. said though, if, if if we had, if there was a guy, uh, whatever, like a guy for the people with that delivery, I can see that being very effective. Well, there was a guy for the people. He just didn't have that delivery. Like if Bernie, yeah. I honestly, and, and I say this, I say this in justice and truth, but like, you know, I, I, I feel like I wanted Barack to be more like Donald Trump is not with delivery on the, the criminalist racing thing, but with just that, I don't care. This is what my people need. I'm doing it for my people. Like I, I would have, I would have loved some clap back from mm. Barack. You know what I mean? And I, I saw Twitter go into a full on racist site where you know every day you're seeing monkey memes and calling him a nigger and his wife a man and disrespecting his children and just all kinds of shit and you never see Barack clap back 
and I just wanted that. That was the only reason I did. That was one of my 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 reason why I didn't. Why I I kind of have apprehensions about Barack. Period. I'm like, dude, if I've been the first black president, oh, they would hate me. I'm like, you hate me, you're really gonna hate me. It's, guess I, what? I just declared it illegal <laughs> to kill black. <laughs> oh, there you go. There, it's and and he'd say things like, I, "It's amazing. Oh, you hate me. It's amazing. It's the most it's wonderful what, decision I'm, ever." And like, I'm sending a two million dollar check to every Negro in America. How about that? Hey, oh, but oh, you know what? Like, you oh know what? He had to come in um, the traditional way because he was the first president of color. You know, and you know, and I'll say this: I, I, I hate to be the first black. He had person. a lot riding on that. He's he, in a terrible he, position. You know, and I, I think Donald He's in a is terrible position. I think Donald is the the first president we've had in modern times. I say specifically in modern times because Andrew Jackson was crazy publicly, but but back then you didn't have television cameras in your face. You know what I mean? You things happened and people maybe told stories, but that was it, right? But Donald Trump, I think, is the first. Also, people didn't right. Well, <laughs> he was just crazy. Well, Nobody. Well, 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 you know, was it Andrew Jackson said to somebody that he had? They they asked him if he had any regrets about leaving the presidency and he said i have two and i can't remember the names right now but he was like i wish that i had hung this person and shot the other one one of those people that he listed was his vice president my dude like (laughs) but but what makes this comment significant is that andrew jackson was known for having multiple duels and basically leaving stacks of bodies wherever he went like he was he was he was kind of crazy in that way oh yeah but Donald gets up Trump there to a national audience and just basically uh, has diary of the mouth, and everyone's like, "Oh, this is great!" And I think this is a lesson. A lesson, a white man. To, you know, this is a lesson. White that, men that do this hmm. are crazy. He's just crazy. He's a white man that does this. He just—that's what crazy white men do. It's Ted Turner. It's all these crazy old rich white men. You have to. Oh, they're just crazy. All He's like, eccentric. Wow, crazy rich, and nobody cares. Like I truthfully wouldn't want to be the first black president anyway. Let me be about you know, before. Yep. Dick, like, yep. I've heard I've heard I Dick Gregory say this because uh, uh, I, I watched a lot of his like videos too, and, and he said, "You guys are lucky because you got a, yourself a well-behaved N-word of a president, and like you would have hated me." <laughs> it sounds like oh, would have hated. No, if Barack had two black parents and was from Detroit, they would have never. Liked that's, and that's the thing: people, people forget that Joe Biden was was thrown in Barack's team because they needed those moderate Democrats who say, "I'm not racist, but still call police on black people." So they needed those people. To they stay needed on them more because had they hadn't had they ran Obama with another black candidate, they, those two would have been dead for the first month of a campaign. It'd be like, no. Y'all might drop out the race now. We're not <laughs> fucking with you. You know what I mean? Go to the green party. You got a half white black man. <laughs> yeah, you got a half white black man with a white mom. You know, every white person empathizes with a white mom. You know, the liberals, oh, I, my mom was a white single mom. Wow. You know, everybody empathizes, you know, even even the, the moderate and conservative Democrats can empathize with a white mom because white women doing things like that is a strength of power to them when black women are single moms it's a sense of late it's just you know it's a they give the air of like oh you're lazy you're you collecting know, food stamps <laughs> yeah exactly you're a welfare queen so it's it's the double standard of course um but you know it's it's one of those things where it's just like you know this is america yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> You'd have made it illegal to kill black people, <laughs> <laughs> and it was the best oh, decision I, ever. They would hate me. They would hate me. I would hey. like. I would make anybody self-proclaimed. You know, I love how, I love how we we give. Um, I love how you gave Uncle Joe's credibility the direction of the moderate because when I think of Uncle Joe, I'm like, no, no, no. it's not just the moderate Democrats. He gave like. Those independent on the fringe Democrats in like the the ass crack of Mississippi who have Klansman robes on like in their closet, but it's a yep. secret. The sense of I guess I'll vote for them because <laughs> you, you know no, Joe Joe voted against segregation in his in his district back in the day. They know no they way. don't they haven't forgot. <laughs> well, here's what happened. Here's what happened. The same thing that happened when you know when Trump went and all those. 
those Bernie bros and all those 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 liberals, you know, decided not to go vote and then blame it on black people. <laughs> Uh, when all when all that happened, you know, the same thing happened when Obama was running. A lot of those rednecks and all those people who have been voting for years decided, I'm not voting because well, how dare you put a nigger up there? I'm not going to vote. Are you you give me the choice between this dude and this nigger? Uh, yeah, I I I would I would not because they don't understand. They think they're they're protesting. Like, I, I'm not going to vote. So Obama didn't get necessarily get elected because it was time for a change. Obama got elected because of the perfect storm of racists being so angry that there was actually a black man getting that far into the presidential election that they didn't vote, and you know a shit ton of people who wouldn't have voted independent French people and then those everybody from moderate over to the right democrats the moderate all the way conservative democrats they needed joe too they needed that that okay he's a yep, familiar yep, face yep. He's, you know how do you but, I, I mean I, shout I got, out to i got a to question all of like, the hmm. it, it's i mean that that kind of covers the first election but then he went again <laughs> like um Oh no no no! They still they, they oh, were still yeah. protesting. Yeah, uh, shout shout out to all the uncle granddads that just refused to vote on behalf of their ancestor who fought on the losing side of the Civil War. Like my Confederate great great granddaddy well, slash great great granduncle. Uh, <laughs> died. Here's what happened in the second <laughs> the second election with with Obama. It was one of those things where it was like they didn't think he was going to win. They they actually thought it was like sort of like the Trump I mindset that we're in now, where they think, oh well, there's no way he's gonna win again. Come on, there's no possible way that this nigga <laughs> gonna win again. No way, and they didn't vote again, and then he won again. Trump is what you you know how that saying goes: for every action, is equal and opposite equal reaction. Reaction. Trump is the equal opposite <laughs> yeah. reaction. He Obama. is. He is completely he undignified. Is he is foul. He was also implied rapist. He is everything opposite. He's the white man's revenge. He's like the white man saying, hey, you know what? Oh, oh, that's what you're going to do? Well, we're going to get the most racist, ignorant white man we can find and put him in office. And we're going to we're going to do that to show you that it's white country still. And what they didn't realize is they're idiots. So now this is there. They're over there like no cold job. They're over like they're sitting there with no. You know, no, no, no timber jobs. They sitting here with all these jobs. Yeah, Cole. He said he was gonna save. Not no shit. Pence was like the least moderate person. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and the only reason Trump won also is because below the the the, the racism that this country loves to exude, they love a whole bunch of sexism too. Now. You add in Hillary's arrogance of not going places she needed to go and assuming she was going to get stuff, kind of like Bernie, assuming he was going to get stuff that he didn't get because he didn't reach out to those people, um, black people, um, they both lost. We had a DNC fuck Bernie on that first one, but Hillary lost because if, you know, all men can unite on racism. Black, white, Asian, whatever. Nope, fuck. An email, Man. that's it, that's all you got on her. You got a couple of emails. Well, fuck that bitch. She's lying. No, nah, I wouldn't vote for that bitch. I'd rather not vote and allow this dude, this man, Trump, to win because what's the worst that happened? Four I, years. I also think there were a lot of voters that stayed home because they were like, This idiot versus like Hillary versus one half of the Clintons. Clinton's got this in the bag. I don't even need to vote. And then yep. they woke up the next morning to like a brand new world that they didn't expect. <laughs> Arrogance, pretty Arrogance. much the pride before the fall. Pretty much pride before the fall. J- it. Hillary, it, Hillary had it because she didn't go and campaign in places that Trump just said, "I'm probably not going to." But I'm gonna go over here and talk to these people anyway. And then you go there and you find out, oh, there are races here. They've just been hiding because of all the liberals. So I'm gonna bring them out. So you know, it's just, it's you know, it's one of those things where she she thought she had it too. She didn't. She didn't think she had to fight. She was. Things she was like the tortoise. Yeah, you you, you, you just mentioned mean? something that like I noticed too, man. Like like, um, like all these like races that the people were th- saying are, are coming back, coming back. Like I think for the most part, I mean, colored folks have seen this shit for a while, and I think it's just now everyone's seeing it. Like everyone, I think that's one of the good things that has came out. Not not in a, I'm not saying good in a way like, I'm you know I'm happy about it, but. Um, a lot of like some some of these like blatant races that are coming out 
are, you know, especially with today's world where, where you know, it's getting recorded, uh, are opening to people who were in denial that there was still racism <laughs> in, 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 the, in the 2000s, you know, it, it's, it's showing it. Yeah, I mean, it's it. Well, it's it's one of those things where people are are now realizing that those little things that they thought weren't racist were actually yeah. racist, and those little things that they, you know, they don't like. It's it's now the saying is, you know, now is not the time to be non-racist. You have to be anti-racist because I can tell you for a fact I've been in places in, in a room full of non-racists where a racist will do something and the non-racists will watch it happen. Not intervene, not say nothing. Wait till it happens, and then all of a sudden come to you. I'm so sorry you had to ha- that had to happen to you. Like, well, if there's 20 non-races in the room and there's one racist in the room, how about y'all just all collectively <laughs> <with> the <ass? laughs> Seems like seems like that that would you know what I mean? That would prove you're not racist. So now, what's happening is all those. I think what's even funny is not just the the, the racists that knew they were racist. There are people who know they're racist, and they know. But then we're talking about the racist that. Sorry, am I no. too loud? Oh, no, I'm sorry. My, my girlfriend said I'm too loud. I'm in this huge ass house, and she heard me all the way downstairs. <laughs> so, what do you, think, what do you think, um, realistically, uh, will be achieved with with all this protesting? Mm, that's hard to say, because this level of protesting has usually protesting dies down within the first two, three weeks, but this protesting has continued on and on. And I think with all the coming out of like, it's people admitting their race, like it's what is going to happen is like, I think the change has to come with like, you know, and, and I think it's just white people have to have to change. It's like, we have pleaded and we have asked and we have begged and we have, chanted we've sung we've done all this Neil, now football it's games. time for them to actually wake up and i think what's happening is this next generation is actually doing that so i i would understand if you didn't want to um be too honest on this question but uh i'd like your opinion what what how do you see the latino community responding to this whole thing well you know i grew up in the bay area i grew up in the berkeley oakland area. we were born and raised in berkeley Live around Oklahoma a lot, and I've never not known Latino brothers and sisters to be on the front line with us. Every time I've been at a protest for any Black life taken in Oakland or the Bay Area, I see, I see my Salvadorian brothers, I see my Mexican brothers, I see, you know, my my Guatemalan brothers, I see all my Latino brothers represented out there doing it. Now, if you're talking about the East Coast, you got a whole different kind of Latino community. You got your Afro Latino <coughs> community. And, you know, you see them out there. Like, I, you know who I love? I love Cardi B. I love Cardi B. Because, I mean, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. I, I have her music. I listen to it, but I'm not, like, a Cardi B music fan. I'm a Cardi B person fan because of the things she says and her honesty and her realness and the fact that I've heard her several occasions admit I am black and Latino. You know what I mean? I'm an Afro-Latino. I represent for both those people. So, you know, I, I, and, but here's the thing. I do know about the Latinos that are, that think they're white, you know, I mean, I, and not to, not to say a whole nation, but, you know, I've dealt with a lot of Argentinians who do not consider themselves any type of color. They consider themselves straight up European. Um, you know, there, there are the, there's the colorism that happens because even in the black community, you have your black people that are super light can pass the white true. who will and will adopt that mindset of i'm better than the darker well, well what i you know so you have them and you know but at the end of the day majority of the latino community has stood up and i you know i see it we all see it. you know it, it baffled me when i moved to la and they told me there was tension like oh yeah yeah it's that like where'd that come from me. i could not mm-hmm. understand it i was like how the fuck does this happen? I was talking to black people like, how do we let this happen? Like, we need to go over to Boyle Heights, we need to go to East LA. We just say, hey, brothers and sisters, you know how much more powerful we could be in this city if we were united? Because when I told my my Mexican friends in Oakland, they were like, what? And this is exactly what my boy Jose said. <laughs> hey, it's a it's a blood in blood out versus uh, versus boys in the hood over there, man. It's, yeah, and it's like it doesn't need to be. It needs to be 
Blood in the boys. Blood in the boys. Let me ask you this. You know, something. Yeah. Unified. Because that's what's going to take, too. Amen. Because if you don't notice, 80% of this world is brown and black. Mm -hmm. We're talking Latinos. We're talking Asians. We're talking Africans. We're talking all various kinds of ethnic people, aboriginals. We're talking all these dark people who are populate 80% of Earth. Meanwhile, we are being colonized and dominated by 20%. Not even 20%, actually 10% of the 20%. Because not all, you know, white people were colonized. Not all Europeans went into the colony game. So I'm just chilled. Like, yo, can we just sip some wine? <laughs> and a lot of them are on our side, man. You know, like it's like it's crazy because, um, it, it's it's especially with with everything that's been coming out. Like, I mean, there's there's it's crazy because like I've I've noticed it some like a lot. Like, and you just pointed something out, like the Latinos that even even the dark Latinos that that you know. That hate Me- they hate uh, other Mexicans for acting hella Mexicans, yeah. or or you know, or hate black people because I've man, it's it's crazy. I, I think this this whole thing with like Trump, like of course we've seen you know the people coming out of the hills in those other states that like we're already racist, and of course we knew we knew we just got to you know, but then there's also been like these, especially with the Black Lives Matter, like just that statement alone. It, it tells me, like, I've seen, like, Mexicans, like, c- complaining about that. Like, not in a way as, like, what about us? But more like, they always fought, they're always hurting us in the hood. And it's like, they have this hatred over. And when I see that kind of shit, it's just like, man, like, that you're only, you, you may think you're helping, but you're just, like, hurting. Well, that's because, you know, they it's like putting two lions in a pit and only one yeah. piece of meat. Yeah, you know what I mean. Divide and conquer. It, 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 that's yeah, it, it, exactly what it is. You you put you know put them in this where you th- there's this perceived competition when it's really right. not because it, if we're competing with each other, then we're not even watching them just take all our shit. You know, so it, it's it's you know it's it's a, a whole yeah. dichotomy. It's white supremacy controls a lot. Like that's what I mean. Twenty, you know. 80% of the earth controlled by 10% because it takes white supremacy is, is in every facet of our lives even in our own communities between each community you know it's almost like blacks and latinos fighting to see who the white man's yeah. going to like more and it's like no no that's not what we should be fighting for we should be fighting with each other to knock that white supremacy down and the problem the only problem that we can't fight white supremacy is because the word white often throws white people out. Once you say white supremacy, white privilege, anything that they just automatically shut down because they don't want to imagine that's me. It's like, no, you you might not be a white supremacist, but you benefit from white supremacy. When you get in your car, you're not worried about getting pulled over unless you're doing something illegal. Other than that, that's your white power privilege and white supremacy. Whereas I have full legit tags, full legit license, full legit insurance, both blinkers, all my blinkers work. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still worried every time I hit that blinker. Am I hitting this blinker soon enough? Oh, was that 200 yards from the goddamn curb? Oh, damn. Did I make, was that a, you know, can I make a right on a fucking red light? Oh, man. Yeah. I, you know, just these various little things that go into I, I got it, so. a question for you on that subject then. How how could some white people use their their white privilege to help to help the cause? Because uh, I I know I know various okay. degrees. There's various degrees. It's like depends on what your level of of white uh, access is. I should say, you know, like you know, I know Karens that work right. for good. You know, I have I have a couple of I have a couple. Of yeah, we need some Karens over at the police office going. I want to complain to your police chief about what happened. And there's a lot in the Bay Area. Yeah, there's a lot in the Bay Area. Yeah. yeah. Use your pro. You know, like you know, like you know, I had I got pulled over one time. No, I got my friend got pulled over. 
we were some I forget where we were. My friend Ben, we got he got pulled over. We were like in the Central Valley somewhere. All right. So we get pulled over and the cop doesn't even come to his side of the car. He comes straight to my side. And he starts, you know, looking and looking at me, trying to and then he has my boy roll down the window. He doesn't ask for license registration. He says, Hey, don't I know you to me? I'm like, No, I don't think you do. And then he's like, Well, let me see your ID and stuff. I'm like, What? I'm not driving. And my friend Ben said, Excuse me, sir, why are you what did you pull this over for? Because if you didn't pull this over something, I am free to go and read his rights right down. And it turned out, yeah, dude was just trying to do so black dude in the car with white dude and just assume we were out where we were doing no good. <clears throat> There's no way white guys and black guys hang out unless the black guys taking the white guy to get drugs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, we were going to get drugs, but we were both <laughs> we were both going to get drugs and it was his guy. It was his connection. Oh shit. Yeah. No. Right. You were not the dealer. You were both going to I engage in buying the drugs. He was sporting the <laughs> <He> <laughs> I mean, got to do something with all that privilege, right? Now. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole reason he was driving. <laughs> oh, it was my oh, car. <laughs> hey, what? No. Hey. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, wheeling it back to the uh, George Floyd protest. I'm going to ask you because you are obviously a a hip hop head. Did you know that? And I I think it's it's a disservice that the media hasn't mentioned this at all, like mainstream media. But did you were you aware that George Floyd was an MC, a part of the legendary Houston screwed up clique led by DJ yes, Screw? I was. I were was you because uh, uh, I you know I'm in I have friends in the hip hop industry, and I was sitting there looking at the George Floyd thing on TV at this uh, and my my uh, my delivery service, my cannabis delivery service, litdeliveryservice.com. Uh, it's L-I-T delivery service, but in new lit, all capital letters. Uh, <laughs> I was sitting there watching TV and my f- a very good friend of mine, Tim House, was like, that dude looks familiar. He looks like he, and then within an hour, we're like, yeah, that's dude from DJ Screw Screwed Up Click. Oh, and I'm like, oh, snap. <laughs> and, I'm, that- and I'm sure, I'm sure it's one of those cops at one point in time listening to hip hop in their life. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Probably the <laughs> I um probably yeah. <laughs> I gotta probably and I, I gotta say like I was immediately I don't want I don't want to say offended but I, I I put up an eyebrow and I was like you know what that's that's kind of a like had that been somebody current somebody hot right now they would be all over it'd been like Wale it'd been like Jay Z you know what I mean if a cop killed Jay Z they wouldn't be like you know Sean Carter a man named Sean Carter from New York was murdered they'd be like Jay Z was murdered. And I just, you know, I was like, that's kind of a disservice if we're just going to focus on the memory of George Floyd as just simply a a a, a, a victim. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, let's put some personality and some some uh, legacy with that victimhood. Yeah. You know, let's mention. Well, if you do that, then you can't paint him as the bad guy to to clear the cops. True. If you do that, media the me and the media is just is is as guilty as the the police because the media you know kind of in a way is the police's twitter yeah. you know the police put out their put out their tweets through the media like you know 600 cops are resigning or quitting because of the protest oh a word newspaper <laughs> and you don't go into the fact that they're quit that that's some baby shit like yo yeah they're quitting but we at this newspaper think that they're a bunch of bitches well, see, that's the difference between an editorial and then like just reporting what happens, right? Like, the news goes, "All right, yes. this happened," and then we have to make up make it up for ourselves. The editors go, "But we think it smelled like bitch in here." You know what I mean? But the problem is, the problem is, there's so many publications out there that anybody can put out anything, and like you know, I I tend to read the sites from what I, I like before I read a story. I go into the site that I'm getting it from mm. and I read other stories. And I read how the story is written. I read the language they use. You know, like if they use stuff like cops were attacked, cops under attack, cops uh, not being appreciated. If, it's, if it makes if it victimizes the cops in any way from the protest, then I automatically know, OK, you're going to pass this off as yep. truth. You might be reporting what happened, but you're embellishing on everything to you're you're inflaming it by using certain words like protest looters instead of saying protesters you say rioters mm. 
You know, instead of saying protests, you say riots. You only talk about the destruction of property and how cops are trying to say, you know, the cops are under attack for doing their job. Word. That's true. No, the cops are not under attack. The cops are under attack for not doing their job. That's what they're under attack for. That's true. Depending on the publication you're reading, there there is indeed a slant. It's not the way... Even the ones that are supposed to be, you know, slants the other way. They all slant yeah. a certain way. Yeah, all the liberal ones were, were doing that. Yeah, because the police unions and all of them have always said, you know, hey, yeah, you can write about us. You can say all that dirty shit. But what happens when somebody uh, goes to your house and uh, breaks in and, uh, you know, rapes your wife, Julie, 37, uh, drives a blue Honda, uh, license plate 56-329, uh, blonde hair this week, just got a cut. Uh, is going to have dinner with Cheryl. What would happen if that happened to her? Now you know these cops know, you know, cops play dirty. That's why good cops don't say. Oh, yeah, like like that guy that got killed in Fresno. Remember that That's guy true. who? Uh, he- That's true. You know, there there is a series of Supreme Court, higher court cases, essentially geared to to officially say it is not our job as police officers to protect you. Yeah. Like I read one about uh, a lady who was being beat by her husband, and she had called nine one one, and nine one one didn't send anybody out. And so she sued the police, and then the courts determined, well, it's not their job to come see about you. Well, why are we paying you for? What are we pay? What we, why, why are my taxes going? I thought you were supposed to serve and protect. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do one better. Okay, so what we'll do is then we'll take $2 million out of police budget, and we'll put it into people who actually just do that, domestic violence counselors, where they will come directly to the house with somebody who is skilled in de-escalation, and also somebody who may be able to take the person to jail if there's a crime committed. You know, if it's a, just a, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like your car breaks down. Nobody should be calling the police. Hey, this guy fell asleep in a drive through Let us call a tow company. <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Matter of fact, why don't we just be citizens and go out and see if he's okay? Hey, Even you better. Okay? You know, or, you know, if he's not bothering nobody, let the motherfucker sleep. Because there, there are so many... There are so many times where it's just a simple "how are you doing?" check, and because of because of racism, because of idiot, certain cops are idiots. It ends up going the wrong way. You know what I mean? Like I, I remember asking, I, I'd gotten a few years ago run over by a car, broke my leg. So, uh, someone was kind enough to call nine one one for me, and the police arrived first, and they're asking me questions about who hit me, et cetera, et cetera. And I asked them, I said. Thank you for asking questions, officer. But where, where's the ambulance? You know what I mean. Like I didn't. I, and then they were like, "Well, the the thing is, is that when people call us, we we come, we come first to to secure the area. I guess they figure just in case there's some some crazy stuff going on. But honestly, I was more nervous the police were talking to me than you know, I didn't have anything on me. I didn't. I don't do anything illegal. It was just one of those where it's like, "What are you here to finish the job? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, this where. <laughs> There's been times where uh, uh, an undocumented citizen will get hit by a car. Yeah. The cops will show up, ask all these questions, um, and then use that information to get that person deported. Yeah. I've seen it when they take their, their – I've seen videos where, they're like, they're taking their so, – So so shady. So shady. My uncle, my uncle, he um, he got in a uh, – this guy came and, like, started they, – they got in a street fight, right? Some guy came in um, – anyways – they called the cops and the other guy like ran away and so when the cops came they took him because he was undocumented <laughs> so we have to we have to you know get him out yeah like people the messages about how to stay out of facebook jail that uh, <laughs> uh how many times have you been in facebook jail let me look Actually, I can I can see exactly how many times I've been at Facebook jail. Because now, whenever <laughs> I go to my profile, there's an account warning. Only oh, I can geez. see this. Like literally, Chris Ringer's account warning. This is because you previously didn't follow our community standards. What happens if you violate again? You couldn't post a comment for 30 days. My history: uh, 30 days, May 18th. <laughs> Uh, the most dangerous man in Facebook, man. Seven days, October twenty-first. 
Three days, October, August 6th. Oh, shit. Uh, shit. 24 hours on May 18th, last year. Like, there's more of them. These are just the ones they show. Are you able to predict when you're going to go into Facebook, Jim? Oh, hell yeah. I I think that's that's part of your... Because when you perform, like, I'm taking it back to stand-up, you know how to provoke people, like, perfectly like you you know how to dig in and the you know when you're doing crowd work man like i i see that and um i i you would you say you've you've mastered the art of offense <laughs> i would like to say that i like that idea i like to it's a it's an art it's a way you offend people but don't make them hate you right you know because yeah, like you're making not, them laugh they're not mad at you for offending them they're mad that they actually really got offended by that they're like fuck can't believe I'm getting offended by that. Yeah, I can't either. That's yeah. why I said it's stupid. <laughs> what, what, what? Um, how, like I, got, I was wanted to ask you, how, how did you get into uh, with performing with with Dave? Uh, just by a challenge, a dare. Uh, no way. Yeah, a friend of mine was. Uh, he's actually, I'm actually in Tahoe with him right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> a friend of mine <laughs> uh, who is very well known in the music industry and throughout the entertainment industry. He basically uh, challenged me to open up in front of Dave at a show that Dave was doing in Oakland. Um, the New Parish. Yeah, I read the New article. Parish. Yeah, I read the article. And he basically, they, you know, he said, I bet you can't get in front of Dave. And so I did. And it just, you know, went from there. That Was that your first time doing yeah. stand-up? That was my first stand-up. Holy shit. Not, you hadn't done any kind of open mics, nothing? Nope. And then your first, your first time you perform in, before Dave Chappelle, like that's yep. Jesus, that's that's something you don't really hear about. Uh, did that did that kind of give you like a big boost into like I gotta do this shit, like because I I can imagine that can be that could have went horribly. Yeah, that's it. Basically, it basically was what I needed. It was like okay, you know, yeah, of course it's a big boost, you know, and if you do well, yeah. then you're definitely more inclined to do it again that's man that yeah that uh <laughs> and that's so that was uh, the start of it so that ever since you've been just you, you have you ever gone on tours with him no i haven't gone on the road with him actually i was just discussing that with a friend of mine <laughs> no i haven't i haven't had a chance to go on the road with him <laughs> that has got to be like the craziest like hey uh yeah you're gonna open for the beatles <laughs> yeah i know right <laughs> yeah, yeah that's you don't hear about, about that like Man, and you also mentioned uh, about Talib. You you also you perform with him too, right? Yes. Yeah, I just went on I went on tour with him this past summer. How did um, How did that come about? That you know I, he he announced he was going on tour, and I hit him up. I said, "Qual, let me come on tour." He's like, "Okay." <laughs> no, no, no. But like, no, but like, how did how did uh, like did you know him for a long time already? Yeah, I've known Quali. I've known Quali since I've known Quali before I did comedy. Like, he'll tell you, like, oh, wow. one minute I was like, you know, I used to pick him up from the airport out here and take him to shows yeah. and all his shit out here. And then one day I picked him up in the car and said, hey, bro, you should come to my comedy show. <laughs> and he started laughing, like, you <laughs> do comedy? And then he talked to Dave, and Dave said, yeah, Chris did comedy for me a couple of times. And he was like, are you serious? So then once, one one week, because, uh, like, him and, him and most definitely come out to the Bay Area and spend, like, a week mm-hmm. or so. So one week they came out and they were doing their standard shows and stuff. And then Dave and Dave decides to do a show. And so I get up, I open for Dave and then Talib's like, yo, you're fucking funny. Oh shit. Of course, my most actually did a, most actually did a comedy set tonight, which was a lot of fun. Um, I don't know. Or Yasin. Oh damn. I don't know. I don't know. He, so did, so like what? So, the like do you do you kind of uh, just go out with with all of those guys and and like perform uh, whenever you're not in the Bay Area? Is that why you kind of disappear sometimes? No, I, I mean sometimes like uh you know I I, I the tour I did with with Wally we did a whole we did all of August yeah and we ended up going to Dave Chappelle's birthday party in Ohio so you know. I try. I, I'm really kind of focused on what I'm doing. Yeah, what right. Doing. Like I, I know they're always there. Yeah. 
so I can always, you know, go to them for anything. But I basically focus yeah. on what I'm doing. That's trying to get my for sure my stuff together. No, man, yeah, no, Mike, it, it, I, it, I love um, your Sean Price story. Um, that sounds yeah. I've I've never met the man, but from what I've heard of his music, um, and from what I've heard of him, that sounds just like where he's like, yo, like everybody wants to be buddy buddy, and that kind of reminds me of. Are you familiar? Sean was a different breed. That was my. Are you that was a good familiar? You're familiar with Kendrick Lamar, right? I mean, obviously, I mean, you can't be in the industry not be. Yeah. So you 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 remember a few years ago when Control came out and that whole like it shouldn't have even been controversial, but it was kind of controversial at the time, right? You remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, it's kind of crazy because at that point, nobody was competing. Like, everybody was doing tracks together and getting along. And, like, that's not entirely new for MCs to, like, collaborate and enjoy working uh, with each other. But it seemed like there was no issues at all. And then Kendrick comes out and says, look, I'm going to compete with all of you guys. I I like a lot of you guys, but I'm also here to, like, beat you. Uh, Don't forget that. And, like, no... Yeah, it's not even beat. It's a it's a push harder. Mm. Positive I want, pressure. I want to be. I want. I want to be. I want it to be one of like I remember in the '90s when I was in high school. It was moments where on Tuesdays new albums would drop, and it would be like like five of the dopest albums you ever heard dropping at once. You know, and it wasn't that they were all trying to be beat each other, but they were all competing to be to be the best of. You know what I mean? Like to push each other to do better. So yeah, it you any feel like, you know, in comedy. I like I like to be around the funny comedians. I like to be around the people that are gonna be that are gonna that are gonna go up there smashing and make me go up there and work. Like, okay. Yep. Okay. That's how we feel at night. Okay. Like, yeah. All right, I'll see you when I get back. <laughs> and you go up there and you you do your thing. You know, you don't try to match their thing. You try to do mm-hmm. your thing. Right. And it push it does it is a good it's a good positive pressure to add to the art because it, it kind of, you know, it's like the hammering a sword, you know, you, you, all that pressure just creates great, you know, whatever, great albums, great, um, what, like what, one of, great one of art. the best nights I had, great art. One of the best nights I had, man, uh, this is when I was still pretty new in, in, in the, in the comedy, um, Samuel Bates showed up to the show. And you know how he does. He shows up and he just does a set and leaves and does another whatever. He showed up and and this is when he was. This is when he had. I think he was uh, either had just gone on Conan or whatever. And uh, and he goes up right before me. I was like, ah, shit. <laughs> I gotta go after that. And uh, it just kind of pushed me. I was kind of comfortable, but it just pushed me to like, I gotta, I gotta go harder than I was planning on going. And I, you know, it made me think like. This is how I should be. This is how excited I should be every time I perform. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I forgot what I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like when you're newer in the game, I, it just depends on your mindset. Like if yeah. you have a, a competitive mindset where you want to be the best, and not necessarily that means you want to be you're better than anybody. It just means you're the, beating the best of you can be. Like I want to be yeah. tonight. I want to be better than I was last night. Tomorrow now and be better than I was tonight, you know, and just be so forth and so on. And then yeah. people, it's okay to feel it's okay to feel a little nerves and a little intimidation towards somebody that's really good right. going up. But it's also it's also good to have some nerves. But you should also try to kind of have it in a sense of like, yeah, they're really good. But you know what? I'm really good. Yep. Which is a, that's that in itself is a thing to fucking master like you know just that because when you a lot of people don't try because they see that other people are so good and um you know yep. and that's not just with comedy that's with fucking everything you know just <laughs> and like you said some people can cultivate their own whatever their own uh their own fan base i mean even that in itself has some merit to it um i gotta ask you man where's where's your favorite place to perform like uh, SF Punchline, SF Punchline, and like, I'm, <laughs> like I'm, because you you performed all over the the states now, right? I mean, I mean comedy, comedy. yeah. Yeah. What what happened? Did if I know you mentioned uh, you were in LA for a while, man. Were, were you like, were you scouting to like live out there? 
Yeah, I was living out there for a minute. I was living out there for two years. Um, so it was like, you know, I, I lived out there for two years. It's just a hustle. It's a different kind of yeah. hustle. So I basically had to focus more on, like, I, I came home and more things are happening. Mm. Better things are happening. So that was that was a good thing. It's like I was able to come home and, and continue to make things happen. Man, I I gotta tell you, uh, I know you just I know you 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 did a plug earlier for your business. I didn't I didn't I don't know. You said it real fast, but was that something that you're you're doing right now? Like you want to talk about that? Uh, I mean, it's just I, I I'm, I'm a partner in a in a small uh, cannabis delivery service, black owned. Oh, okay. In Oakland, California, called Lit Delivery Service. We just you know trying to bring good cannabis to the people. All right. Well, man, I, again, dude, I want to tell you, man, I, I like I, I admire you. You're one of my favorite people to, to see perform. Hopefully in the in the near future, I get I can I can see you perform either on. a I mean, I've seen you on the Zoom show, but, I, you know, there's something about that live magic that you just can't capture on Zoom. I mean, you know what I'm saying? You know, I just so um, where where can people find you? Where they can they? You know, listen to your uh, IG. Can you go to my IG, Chris Riggins okay. Comedy. Uh, find me on Facebook, Chris Riggins. Um, you find me, I do a show every Tuesday with my homegirl Tammy T. Love called A Couple of Studs at seven o'clock on Tuesday. So tune into that. Um, we just did one tonight from up here. So yeah, right on, man. Hey, uh, again, I appreciate you taking the time to to come on and uh, and, and and you know, I wanted to. I wanted to see where your thoughts were in because I, you know, you've been on Facebook joke for a lot, <laughs> and it's entertaining. <laughs> I know, yeah, down. So again, man, thanks, thanks a lot, bro. We appreciate you being on the voice party. Thank you for coming. All right, man, I appreciate you, man. All right, man. All right, all right, man. Peace. Peace. We're out.